Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 223, with one healthy embryo. She beat the odds. Yasmin's story. Hey, my loves, I'm so excited to be here with you this week because we have another insanely inspirational, jaw-dropping, just make your heart pound awesome, just generous testimony from another one of my ladies. And it's such an incredible gift for all of us because what these women are doing in sharing their testimony, and I call it testimony because story makes it sound like it's like fucking fairy tale, like it's made up. Like it's somehow unattainable, okay? None of that's true. This is the truth that Yasmin lived. And it's such a delight because, as you've heard me say before, one of the most profound ways that we learn and we see possibility for ourselves is through the truths that other people share, their experiences, what they live through, what they went through, and, and to look at this journey from a completely different perspective from our own. Because when you're in it, it's really hard to see this right? It's real when you're in the thick of the shit, it's really hard to have that kind of perspective, which is why I'm so just grateful and blessed to have all of these kind and generous women in the Fearlessly Fertile community share their testimony. So what you're going to be hearing today is, you know, Yasmin started trying to conceive at 39. She had multiple rounds of IVF. Her partner struggled with low sperm issues. She fell into a depression and traveled between Canada and Turkey, was batching embryos, and she got to the point where she had one healthy embryo. And it was like, oh man, all chips were on that embryo. And she also discovered that she had a polyp in her uterus. So she ended up having surgery in Turkey. So it's just, I mean, going to my point earlier, like when we hear, oh, it's her story, it was like, no, no, no. Like, this is not a story. It's not, it's not made up. Like, this is what this woman went through. And what I love about the humanity that all of these women share is that it wasn't all wine and roses. It wasn't all like meditation and levitation around their house with like unicorns, fart and gold. You know, it was it was a real triumph of the spirit. And so if you are in a place where, you know, maybe your numbers aren't the way the way you want them to be or you're having to go through multiple cycles to get one healthy embryo or, you know, it it just feels like you're scraping to get anywhere on this journey. Turn this episode with Yasmin up. Listen to the wisdom that she has to share. Just feel this woman's spirit. I, you know, you hear me talk about how much I love my ladies, but like just her story really impresses me because she was able to see beyond the chaos. And I love how she was traveling between home, which is Turkey and Canada. And she's just, it, it's just incredible watching what women will do in the name of love love for themselves, love for their dream, love for their children, love for their partner, and love 
for building a family. So here is my conversation with the absolutely gorgeous Yasmin. Nice to see you. I missed you. It's so nice I know. I missed you too. We'll jump right in, love, because I know you got a lot going on. You right. got yes, on board. Yes. So why don't you start us off by sharing, like, how did you find yourself on this journey? Oh God, I was like thinking before this recording, you know, I was like going through the journey because it kind of feels far now. It's so funny, you know, in a way. And uh, I started like around when I met my current partner in 2019. When we met, he told me that like, oh, you know, I have like kind of low sperm issues. So like if we want kids, we better get on it and then we'll, we should do IVF. And um and I was kind of like naive at the time, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do the IVF. Like, and it's going to work anyway. Like, that's what I'm thinking. And I was at 39 at the time. And, and for me, being a mother was never, I was like, it wasn't something that I was on the fence about it. Like, oh, I, when it happens, it happens. I was quite relaxed about it, to say the least. And then when he said that, I'm like, yeah, let's, sure, let's do it. So that's how I found myself in this journey, really very casually. And I remember even having conversations with my like best friend saying like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready. You know, it was, I was just really kind of in this world. And consequently with the two IVF cycles, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it didn't work out. And I was like, huh, like I was a little surprised by how it didn't work out. And of course, the clinics, as usual, they said, oh, your eggs are too old, basically. So And here I am thinking like I have this healthy lifestyle and like I exercise regularly. Like I I just didn't even understand what they mean. And I was quite offended by that, to be honest. Mm. But but it changed something in me where I suddenly felt like, oh, my God, maybe that's not going to be possible for me. Like that was the first time I thought the thought entered. You know, we always talk about the mindset. So first time I was like, oh, maybe it's not possible for me. Maybe I'm not going to be a mother. So that, I think, made me a bit tense about it. And, and when we spoke to the clinic here in Canada, they told us, like, oh, you should go for, like, donor eggs or for sperm donor. And I remember, like, and nothing against them. Like, and if it works for people, it works for people, for sure. But for me, I said to them, I, I said, I don't want just a child. I want a child with this person. And mm. that was very clear to me, you know? So, and when they said it was quite discouraging, it's almost like they were like, then we're done here. So then we kind of accepted it because my partner is an engineer. He did all the statistics and the calculations and all that. And then we decided, okay, we we shouldn't pursue it. So that was the initial start of our journey. Should I keep going with the rest of it? So it's interesting to me. So you found yourself kind of in this place where IVF came into your life because your partner was struggling with some sperm issues. Correct. But you, before that, didn't really have any belief that you couldn't. Right. Wow. And it's interesting to me how after two failed IVF cycles, it's immediately donor egg, it's immediately donor sperm. And I'm sure that was unnerving for you. It was the first, honestly, because before I was like, because I would always hear people getting pregnant in their 40s and stuff. So I never even thought that 39 was late. To be honest, I'm like, you know, how I'm- dare you, Yasmin, that, that you have, you know, you're, you're totally relaxed at 39, figuring this is going to work. 
Exactly. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I was even debating with my friend, oh, am I ready? You know, I was thinking. So, but yeah, so you see, that's how they get into your mind too, in a way, like the uh, clinics and some clinics and some doctors, right? Like right. they get to your mind. And then suddenly I was feeling, oh, maybe, maybe not. Like it's first time I felt it. And first time, like I said, I had a healthy lifestyle and I always felt young, younger than my age most of the time. First time I started having these negative thoughts and doubts about me and also almost like about my femininity, you know, about mm. as a woman, oh my God, like I I cannot, because they made it all my fault in a way, the clinic. It's like your eggs are old. That's it. Like there was no other talk about the sperm or anything else. So that part was interesting to me too. No talking about his choices or what he eats, you know, those kind of things were not even talked about. So interesting that it's like the first thing is like, even though there's a a known sperm issue that it's, it falls on your shoulders. Right. Wow. Yeah. So that felt really strange to me and, but I accepted it. That was the thing. Like it was so certain that they talked, they, the way they talked about it was so certain me and partner, we were like, okay, that means we're going to have a childless life or some people call it child-free, whatever you want to call it, like a life without a child. So, okay, what do we do? Okay. I said like, oh, then we go traveling. We do this, we do that. We gave up on it like pretty quickly, actually. And, uh, and we did some Chinese medicine after that for a little while, I guess we didn't completely give up, but we were kind of doing things, but not really doing things. And, but for me, the turning point happened when I got COVID in 2020, I think somewhere in 2020, end of 2020. And, uh, and after that, I fell into some sort of a depression, which was like, it really came to me overnight, really. And, or maybe 2022, I don't remember, like that's close to when I met you. So it was a year ago. And, um, and then I fell into this depression and I had this, like, whatever you call it, the baby fear. I was like, I have to have a child. Like that was like an obsessive thought in my mind. So that's when things turned around for me. Like I would watch like, you know, we always talked in your group calls where I would watch movies and be like, oh, I'm going to die alone. Like, you know, it's like this kind of like, like crazy thoughts were coming to me. Like I, and then I told my partner, I said, you know, we have to go to another clinic. We have to do another cycle. Like it's, it's, I know it needs to be done. That was like the turning point for me. And then I, we went to another clinic. We did other tests. And funny enough, at this clinic, the guy said, the doctor said, Dr. Rob, he said, I don't see why not. Like he was a little confused, like, like with everything I'm seeing, I don't understand why you didn't, like why it didn't work out. I just don't get it. And to me, I was like, oh, like another doctor can say something completely different. So that was like a big turning point. And, and as you know, from Turkey, at that point, I also found a doctor in Turkey. God bless him. His name is Murat. And <laughs> <laughs> honestly, he also believed in me. He was another person who believed in me. And then he started giving me supplements, all this And I started like just reading about equality because nobody ever talked about it. Like I, none of the clinics talked about it. So, and at that point, I think I found you because I was like obsessively looking for things. So that that was the point where I I found you. And then that was also another big turning point. Mm -hmm. 
Well, let's talk about that because here you are kind of getting this sort of ping pong back and forth. You know, you're hearing one thing that the only option is donor eggs and donor sperm. And then you hear from this lovely other doctor that's saying, well, I don't know why this couldn't happen. And then you hear from this Turkish doctor that believed in you. It's like, it it could have been super confusing, but tell me like what it is. Cause it sounded like you, you were getting the right care physically. You were at least on the path to starting yeah. to get that. What made you look at mindset though? Because you are an otherwise rational, intelligent woman of the world. Like what made you want to look at this mindset piece? Mm-hmm. Honestly, what made me aware was more finding you that made me aware of that. Like, I don't think I was aware of it because I was doing like, like we always talk, right? Like the, doing all the vitamins in the world and the, like <laughs> hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy actually was like more like a mindset, which was great. But I was doing everything, you know, like the gluten-free, dairy-free, like <laughs> everything. But I, inside of me, I always felt bad. Like even going to the clinic, I felt kind of a shame, kind of a failure and this and that. That part, I couldn't figure it out. I was still depressed. I was still going through all this. But still not feeling good. You know, I'm like, I felt like I'm doing it, but it's not going to work anyway. You know, that part was in my mind. And then when I was like Googling, like, because I was Googling like crazy, I was reading every forum, everything. And then I stumbled upon your book and you. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like, there is a completely another piece to this that I didn't even consider. So Mm -hmm. what made me look into mindset was really stumbling upon your book which I read. And initially I found a little like, what do you mean? I'm the reason. Like there was a bit of like, like, what do you mean? But it was like very quickly I wrote to you. Like I remember immediately, maybe I found your book on a Sunday and that night I wrote to you and I'm like, I have to work with her. I have to, like, it's just felt that I shouldn't be this miserable in this journey. This shouldn't be miserable. So I think that's, that's where everything started changing for me. Well, and what a level of awareness, Yasmin, that that you you knew enough to say this doesn't have to be this miserable. This shouldn't be this miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, it's just like my partner was like, we're trying to do something nice and joyful here, but I was in such a bad mood, you know. Like even though I'm like exercising, I'm taking all my vitamins, all that, like. There is no joy. There is no joy. There is only like discipline and misery. And I'm always tense. Like I'm always tense. We go to clinic. I'm in a bad mood. Like, and I noticed that in most IVF clinics, surprisingly, you know, you go there, you see many women, like nobody says hi to each other. There's a lot of like, this like walking in. There's like this like misery in the air where actually you're trying to do something beautiful, right? Like you're trying to create a life, but there's so much, I don't know, unhappiness there. And, uh, and I remember in our first conversation with you, like I told you, oh, you know, I'm 41 because at that point they made me believe that I'm old. So I'm like, oh, I'm old. I'm too late. I have so many regrets, you know? And you told me, oh, you're a spring chicken. And I'm like, oh, me? (laughs) I will never forget that. So that phone conversation was also very, like, uh, very interesting for me because you're like, you're, I'm a spring chicken. Like, really? Like, I mean. Technically, I'm like, what, what do they call it? The geriatric. I'm a big risk factor. You know, here I am. So <laughs> yeah, I know you're rolling your eyes. Now I roll it too. Like if somebody comes to me, 
they're in their 40s. I'm like, oh, you're young, you have time. Like, you should see me now. But <laughs> but at that time, I was like, I thought it was crazy. You called me spring chicken because it felt good. And you believed in me. That was the other thing. And you were another person who said, why not? You know, so I think that and then doing the group calls and all that, that really changed it all for sure. Well, so, and that's interesting because, you know, sometimes when women you know, they hear about this group call. I mean, like, because most people have these these images in their mind of just the circle of women weeping and and all of this misery. Is that what you walked into? Actually, not at all. Like, first of all, it was great to be with people like minded people in those Saturday calls. And and to be honest, like I, I, I miss them. Like every Saturday, I no, I'm doing like prenatal yoga on Saturday mornings. That's why I can't join them. But uh, honestly, I really, really enjoyed them. And it became something I look forward to. And it was for me, people like in the same, tr- struggling with different things. But all the women were really wanting to change, change their mindset and change how they see this. And I could see people. And for me as well, not just like for the baby, like other things start to change in your life. You know, I would see people changing careers. I would see people sometimes changing partners or changing paths, changing countries. Like the the change wasn't about, it's almost like it became not about having a baby. It all, it became about reinventing yourself. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why I feel like I learned so much and I'm still using what I learned from, Mm -hmm. from those goals and Mm -hmm. from, and then the coaching with you, you know, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit about, okay, so you, it sounds like you went from that one clinic over to another, you know, you had some other healthcare providers. So what was next for you on your journey? So you're starting to work on your mindset. Like what was the next thing that started Mm -hmm. happening? So, uh, so then we started doing cycles with, with this new clinic. We did two more cycles. And uh, we did some something called like like batching. So it's like you don't you don't get the results. You just like keep collecting, mm-hmm. and and we co- and then we had like one embryo, one healthy embryo, and and that was like a big miracle, which now I'm pregnant with. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! Right? Spoiler alert! Exactly. <laughs> so so then we had one embryo, but one healthy embryo, and but it was still. The mindset was important because then I remember talking to you. I said, like, Roseanne, I have just one, you know? And you were like, like, one is enough. Don't worry. One is enough. And uh, and then I have a, I had a polyp in my uterus, which every clinic was telling me. And I decided, like, I went to a doctor here. And then the doctor in Canada, our health system is a little, it's a bit challenging to say the least, especially after COVID. So she, the way she was behaving and the way she was talking, I really didn't like it. You know, it didn't feel good. And again, I didn't feel like she was believing in me. And that became such an important thing. Like I learned from your program, the bump squat, you know, that's like that I want to be with people who believe in me. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to write the, <laughs> you're like, yeah, but that was not that obvious to me because to me, the doctors know, and I'm the victim or I'm like the weak person and whatever they say, I have to take it. But that was the change that I realized I have the personal power. They don't know it all because this is such a miracle process that they don't. So, yes. oh, that's such an important point, Yasmin, because 
we think that if a doctor tells us, well, this is not possible for you, or the only thing is donor eggs and donor sperm, we think it's over. Mm-hmm. And you, you're so young and you only have like two cycles. It's not like this was your 75th cycle and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the writing was on the wall, right? I mean, you're still very early in that process. But you had the ability to say, no, 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 I'm going to build this team. I want people that believe in me because you're exactly right. Like most of the time we kind of, when it comes to medicine, we kind of see ourselves as victims. We see ourselves, if somebody has a white coat on, they know better than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that changing that changed everything because so we, we had one embryo. And uh, one healthy embryo. We still have another one. Like we don't know if it's healthy or not. So we still have one <laughs> at the clinic. But so I, I I had to get that polyp operation, which was like every clinic said that. That but that was very obvious. So I decided to do it in Turkey. And when I went to Turkey, I had the same similar challenges. I'm sure I told you. Like they, I went to a doctor, and she was he was like, "Oh, we're gonna change the shape of your uterus." And I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I'm like, now like the eggs are over my egg, you know, now it's the problem is my uterus. Like it's insane. You know what the things that people can, can say to you. And I was referred to him because apparently he's like the best uh, IVF doctor in Turkey, one of the best ones. And I waited, I remember like 45 minutes to see him. And he only saw me like five minutes, like with a quite dismissive attitude. And, and I had my embryo in Turkey, wait, in, in Canada waiting for me. So I'm in Turkey. And he tells me, well, we're going to change the shape of your uterus, but it will take two to three months for it to recover. And so then you have to come back to Turkey again. Like it was just didn't make sense. And but he made me feel like if I didn't do that, I was going to lose the chance. You know, that was like it was a very, very strange meeting with this doctor. And then I left and the, 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 that clinic. And then I remember like thinking about you and thinking about all our teachings. And then I said to myself, no, this doesn't feel right. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, it just doesn't feel right. And, and I, then I called my OBGYN that I had. She's also from our family, a relative who lives in Turkey. I'm like, why did I not think of calling her? And then I called her and I explained to her and she said, that's insane. Don't do that because you're changing the whole environment that you have there for 40 years. And now you're going to change it. This is not the time to change the environment in your uterus because it needs to be receptive. You don't want to put trauma. But Rosanna, that made me realize again, how like nonchalantly, like they just say, oh, let's do this operation, you know? And so I, I took power into my own hands and then I called my doctor. And then she said to me, no, I'll refer you to somebody else. Then I found the nicest, nicest guy who told me the same thing. No, no, no. We're just going to remove the polyp. She said, like, he said, it has nothing to do with the sh- like, my, because people can have some uterus issues, but he said, you have no issue as such. Nobody ever told me that. So then I, then I went with my gut and I went with the other doctor. He was lovely. And he was another person who was really supportive and soft and nice. I had my polyp operation in Turkey. Then I came back to Canada and in September of like last year, we had the transfer, which worked out successfully. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's so interesting to me because 
you, I mean, you were tested very, very quickly when it came to mindset, your mind was tested quickly thereafter, because I mean, you could have easily ignored your instinct and just said, well, maybe there is something dearly wrong with me that I need to change the shape of my uterus. But there was something screaming inside of you telling you. Yeah, because because of all that, all the things we spoke in those trainings and my coaching with you, all of it, like I had the personal power because this process of fertility, going through fertility treatments and all that, is really, you really got to be grounded in yourself. You really got to be grounded. And you always talk about meditation. I, I love meditation. It's always part of me. But I never thought like this fertility and meditation were, it had nothing to do because I thought like, okay, it's the body. The other one is I do spiritually. But, but that whole process made me understand why meditation or being connected to yourself is important because you really have to listen yourself because people will say all kinds of things and you really, really got to be grounded in yourself and believe in yourself. That's to me is what I learned from this whole process. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is your body knows truth when you hear it, Mm. like you, it is resonant, you know, like just like when, you know, you read something or you hear something, you're like, that shit is true. I don't know why, but I know that that's true as opposed, you know, And then you look at the other things, you know, when something's not true, you know, when something is fear. And I mean, it's, it's interesting to me that you were able to see that so clearly Mm -hmm. once you were grounded and once you really started thinking differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because at that, it's always, because if you listen to honestly, like everyone says something else and it's not just doctors, then you will, a big part of it for me also was, I felt a bit ashamed almost like, um, I didn't share my journey with a lot of people because I'm like, look, here I am, like at the age of 40, like 41, whatever, trying to have a baby. I felt a bit like a loser almost. You know what I mean? It's like there was a lot of shame around it. Maybe it's cultural, I don't know. But like I felt like, oh, I'm such an old person, like I'm wanting a child and I should have done it before. There was so much of like even the conversations with with people, there's there's that aspect of it where but then I started to own it and I started to talk about it. And then and I'm sure I shared that with you, that people started praying for me. People started telling me their positive stories of friends who got pregnant at 48 naturally. Like I realized, oh my God, it's like the help and love is out there. And it's more than the people who are discouraging you. Like there's more love out there. If, you, if, you're just, if you just share it, yeah, openly and like be vulnerable with people, there's more love than than the other stuff, you know? Yeah, that's such, you know, I love that you're making that point. It's an extraordinarily important one because the the fear stories, Yasmin, I mean, that's a dime a dozen. I mean, you all you have to do is Google fertility and you'll have a thousand shit stories that you can read if you want. But there are so many stories that go unshared of success at ages that people think it's not possible, but it happens every day. I mean, on a planet of almost 8 billion people, there's a certain percentage of births every day that are occurring for women over 40. Right. But we just don't hear about it. 
we just don't hear about that because that doesn't get headlines in the same way as the fear does, you know? So, so what would you, I mean, what were some of the things that you saw changing in you that you think are important to share with the women listening? What were maybe some of the things that really maybe surprised you or that you thought was really, really important that changed about you? Mm. Well, first of all, like, I always thought this like, uh, and I've been into, I'm still into like a lot of spiritual, spiritual practices and all that. And to me, it was always about accepting where I am. What really changed big time was I have the capacity to manifest things. I have the capacity to make things happen. So to me, that's what changed, first of all, in my spirituality, like the faith, the belief that, that I have the power. It's not just about passively sitting. And accepting. Acceptance is a big part of it, but yeah. there's also more and, and, and more, you know, this and more, you know? So, so that really changed for me. And uh, in that process, I remember going buying a onesie and, <laughs> and then you would say like, buy the crib, but I'm like, okay, I'll buy something, not the crib, but <laughs> oh, the crib was a bridge too far. Yes. The crib was like insane. I, I couldn't do that. You know, baby steps. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. I'm the onesie, and I remember like sweating, like going to buy the onesie, which is what, like twenty dollars, like so, yeah. so. You know what I mean? It's not about the value. It's about like being the crazy person. You know, just like how crazy are you to believe in this? And I remember that day going, like shaking, so excited, buying that onesie. As if everyone in the store knows that I don't have a child or some. You know, nobody cares. You know what I mean? First of all, nobody really cares if you buy the onesie or not. And then I came home and the craziest part was I showed it to my partner. And that was big. That was huge because he's very rational guy. Like I'm, I told you, he's an engineer. He's very rational. And to me, to show him that part of me, I'm like, he's going to think like, okay, look at her. She's crazy, you know, but that was big. That was big. And then he actually like was happy about it. He's like, oh, well done. Great. And I still have that onesie. It's funny. So. So doing those kind of things, or I put like a picture of a baby, in my phone background, and then people would ask me, oh, who's this baby? Because like, you know, everybody sees your phone. I'm like, oh, I'm manifesting this baby. You know? These are like, you got to understand, these are like big things for me because I, 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 I can be kind of prideful sometimes, or like, I don't like to show my weaknesses. If you call it a weakness or whatever, I don't like to be wrong. So I, these were the big steps. So I would say, like, I think for me, it's like being open, you know, to, to, to this adventure and it's an adventure and really honestly, just never give up. Like, like really, like if this last year where I was and here I am like pregnant, it's really unbelievable. I cannot believe I was in such a dark space a year ago. Why was I in such a dark space? It just doesn't even make sense now. Looking back, I would enjoy that period more which you try to explain over and over again. And just, I would enjoy it more. I think I would travel more. I would drink more. I don't know. I would do, instead of being miserably like trying to, you know. Well, you know, you are yet another example of what happens when you just start living your life. It doesn't mean that you don't want this baby. It doesn't mean that you give up on this baby. But you say, yes, and yes, I'm trying to conceive and I can have a life. I mean, look at you. You were traveling from Canada to Turkey. You were, 
you had a, a people praying for you, got a village, you know, like pulling for you in Turkey. I mean, you allowed yourself to believe in a way that based on the statistics, you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's massive. I mean, you did that in a year. I mean, like nobody believes me when I tell them, I say, look, you can be in a very different place a year from now. People think, oh, bah, you know, but you're proof. Yeah. And honestly, when I would hear other women saying, if I can, you can. And I'm going to repeat the same thing. If I can be here, anyone can be here because we, we gave up. Like we weren't even going to try it. Like it was like, okay, that doesn't, okay, let's move. It's just, uh, I never, there was like such a slim chance. Like if you ask the doctors, there was such a slim chance with our situation and we didn't have a healthy embryo, like of all, like we had one healthy embryo, you know, and, and, and one, and you, I remember you telling me one is plenty. Like <laughs> one is more than enough. I remember telling me, so if I can be here and in doing this, like I had like being pregnant, I think anyone, anyone can do it. It's just, it's just, like, I don't think it's, you should give up. That's, that's to me is like the main, main thing. Yeah. Well, and how far along are you today? 31 week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, can you believe we're having this conversation? I mean, when you think about it, like it, isn't it just, you go from reading the book and, you know, and all of this, and now you're a guest on the podcast. Yeah. And that was another dream. I mean, that was, uh, it was like this whole manifesting thing, right? Like imagining, picturing. And, and one of the things that I was picturing myself is being on this podcast and, and saying it. But even as I was saying it, I remember feeling like, oh, come on, Yasmin, like you're a bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be like, even a part of me was still like not believing in it, but, but I still kept going, you know, I still kept doing the things like, uh, you know, doing the meditations and doing that, then that would be another thing. Maybe I would tell people who are listening, you don't have to be 100% sure, you don't have to be 100%, but just keep keep doing it, keep doing those practices. You know, if it's journaling, keep doing it. If it's meditation, do it. Or if it's like imagining, whatever it is, like just, just keep doing it. It's It does work. Trust the process, I would say. Like trust yeah. the process. Well, and I think, you know, and I love the way that, I mean, you're obviously a deeply spiritual person, but I think the other part of that, though, that you're sharing is that the process of manifestation isn't just sitting on the side, you know, like wishing you did the spiritual practice, you imagined yourself on the podcast, you did the work, you learned how to transform your mindset, and then you kept doing the things. It, it's not passive. It's actually quite active where, you know, you, you continue to do the things that you know to do. Yeah. Yeah. And people have this wild idea that mindset's just about sitting and things fall out of the sky. And it's like, no, it's resilience. It's the thing that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Because I still did like my treatments. I still did the IVF. I still did my supplements, but, but I would, I just wasn't, the shift was that I, I was doing the same things, but I just wasn't miserable. So I think that was the <laughs> shift, not like, like starting to believe and enjoy. And while I'm doing that, you know, uh, have an ice cream sometimes, you know, it's like, it wasn't like, of course, like I did everything that needs to be done also, 
but right. with just like with just more joyfulness about it. Yeah. Kind of almost detached from the outcome, almost like like surrender. You, you, surrender exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's yeah. but but that's I mean, I think this is such a powerful conversation though, Yasmin, because people think that surrender is giving up, but what it's exactly what you're talking about is you're, you're letting go of attachment to the outcome. You know that you're going to, you're going to figure this out, but it's that period of time between where you are today and where you want to be that does not have to be miserable. And if it is miserable, you're more likely to quit. But if you learn how to think and you get beyond all the the fear and the doubt and you you develop the resilience to keep going, well, then you end up 31 weeks pregnant with one healthy embryo despite insane odds. Right, right. And and I remember like I have a friend who she got pregnant with with also IVF and she would always tell me, Yasmin, don't give up. It only takes one. It only takes one. Like she would always tell me that. And, and I, and I want to mention her too, because I, I just didn't, I always thought like I should have like 16, 20 years. So like, you know, this whole belief, like everything we believe, honestly, it needs to be questioned. It really needs to be questioned, our, our belief systems. And, uh, and yeah, like just keep doing it. And it, 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 dreams come true. Dreams do come true. Yes. Yes. And you get to do it on your terms. So Man, Yasmin, I'm I'm so grateful that you're sharing this story. And I gotta tell you, like, you, you do not mess with Turkish women, man. Like, <laughs> people will remember Fatma from the. Uh, well, I remember Fatma. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, do not mess with this woman and her dream because she's gonna make this thing happen. Like, I'm just so happy for you and so proud of of what you've become and and truly what you unleashed inside of you because. It's it was already there. And I think you know that. Mm-hmm. I think it was just getting out of that that matrix of fear that so often takes over on this journey and learning that skill so that you could keep going. Cause look, I mean, you could have ignored that when you woke up, just like I have to have a child. Like when you shared that, it's like it would have been very easy for you to ignore that or to call that crazy. But look at what happened as a result of following your heart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, woman. That's incredible. I mean, thank you so much for sharing your story, Yasmin. This has just been, it's incredibly compelling. And I love that you said the one thing that every woman needs to hear is that if you can do it, they can do it. I mean, it's yeah. it's so it's just incredible. Yeah. It, it's now my mission to to tell women this. Honestly, I've somebody's talking about this. Like the other day, my Uber driver, she said, I'm 36. I'm too old. I'm like, no, 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 you're not. Trust me. You're like so young. And yeah. she was so happy to hear that, you know? So honestly, I made it my mission to tell women that, that they should follow their hearts. And then like you always say, if it's in your heart, this desire, it means it's, it's, it's for you to happen. So just, yeah. just grab that own that. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, I would take that even one step farther. I was, I was listening to something the other day and somebody had said, it is our responsibility to follow our heart. Hmm. And that really, like, I really thought about that. And I said, yeah, that is, that is a sign of a well-lived life. I mean, and think about what you're going to teach your child, Yasmin, about following their heart. Like you, you have broken generational, you know, habits by following your heart and not allowing 
somebody to have more power than you. I mean, it's it's just incredible. So thank you for sharing that woman. Thank you. No, it's it's my pleasure, honestly. And I'm I'm so happy to be here. And I'm I'm just it makes me so happy. <laughs> Another dream come true. Loves, you cannot tell me that you were not moved by Yasmin's story. Seriously, one healthy embryo. And now, well, really at the time of the recording, I mean, she by the time this comes out, she's got a baby in her arms. Okay. Like that's that's how powerful you are. That is the power of the mind-body connection, covering your bases, thinking like a woman who succeeds, getting beyond just the garbage about the numbers. Yes, we want to give ourselves the best possible opportunities, the best possible chances, but you can beat the odds with just one. And here's a newsflash, baby, you are enough. So if you want to learn what I taught Yasmin, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months, just like Yasmin did, and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body, so you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybe2baby.com, and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. We got the receipts, baby. Their results? speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success in this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.